Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burger Master. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burger Master is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burger Master on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out no matter how hard it rains. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 304th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at HawkBlogger, and uh, I think we I might have even updated our YouTube channel to Real Hawk Talk, so it's a little bit easier to find that link if you're looking for it. And uh, folks, it's it's the off season. It is officially, officially the off season. We are into looking at what's going to change with the Seahawks, what the priorities are, what the positions are going to, uh, how they're going to change and adapt. And what we haven't done yet is really look at free agency. And so today we're going to go a little bit more in depth about who the free agents are, because honestly, combines next week uh we will likely have a lot more information about draft uh after that and you can be sure that the way that john schneider is approaching approaching his draft stat strategy is by thinking about who's what gaps he can fill um through free agency first so he can have flexibility to pick the best player available or move around the draft board instead of having to stick and pick a specific position. Uh, let's bring in the crew. Uh, we've got Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11. Nathan, welcome. Good to see you, dude. Yeah, good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. I've been looking forward to talking free agency because uh, I'm not thrilled about the draft situation, man. We'll talk about it more, but like, I, I feel maybe I'll feel different after the combine. But I feel like this draft empties, empties out very fast. And so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of getting into the free agency stuff with you guys. So it's not the, the second round pick that you're worried about. It's, it's picking at 16 instead of a little higher. I think it's the second round pick primarily. And then, okay. and then also, you know, how, you've, how you close that gap to get a second round pick and what's really there after the third round um, is kind mm. of my question. So... Uh, Jeff's been the voice of reason. Don't freak out. We'll know a lot more in a little bit, but I'm just telling you where, you know, my instincts are right now as I feel like this, this draft empties out a lot faster than I felt like last year's draft did. Um, there were some guys I was pretty excited about in the fifth, sixth, seventh round last year. Uh, I'm, I haven't gotten there yet. So, um, next Jeff Simmons at real Jeff Simmons, 
Uh, you know, Jeff, I keep sending you these mock drafts. You send me your stuff. Uh, you've been doing all this research on coaches. Uh, one of the things you, you, I think, tweeted about today was I was observing that most of these coaches for the Seahawks that have been hired, and we can talk about it if folks want to bring up any specific guys, haven't worked together before. Um, and, and I think you tweeted that you did some research on that. What did you find? No, I was curious. Cause you, you brought up a good point that you see a lot of staffs that have worked together and there's cohesion. And like when Pete came from USC, he brought over a ton of guys he was familiar with. So I was curious and I looked up McVeigh's staff. I looked up Shanahan's initial staff because first year head coaches typically don't have a lot of the relationships. And obviously the question with McDonald was what kind of relationship did he have? And then I was just looking up like Mike Holmgren's first staff. Then I came across Andy Reid and I found some article written by one of the beat writers when Nick Sirianni was hired and his staff was crazy unique. The first staff he put together in Philly, which was 1999, he'd only worked with one coach on the entire staff in the past. And like the Seahawks have pulled a lot of guys out of college. This staff was like loaded with guys who had never coached in the NFL before. So I thought it was cool to just to see the parallels of, what McDonald's done and what Andy did. And when you look at like, they actually broke down name by name in this article and it was Steve Spagnolo, John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott, Ron Rivera, uh, Pat Shermer. None of them had coached in the NFL before. None of them had coached with Reed and none of them, only one guy. And Reed was when Reed got hired by Holmgren, I learned he was the offensive line coach at Memphis, I believe, or no Missouri It was Missouri. The offensive line coach in Missouri. And Holmgren plucked him to be the tight ends coach. And the Holmgren staff had like Mooch, who was the OC at Cal. And so I found like even looking at Shanahan, who had some guys from that Washington staff and McVay, what a couple guys from that staff. Everyone talks about Wade Phillips, but the defensive coaches they hired on McVay's first staff was all pretty much young guys that usually when someone like Wade Phillips comes in, he'll bring in a bunch of guys he's worked with over all those jobs he's had. And it was like Edgero Aviro and, some of these other guys had never worked with Wade Phillips before. So it seems like the first-year coaches and the ones that have been really successful, Reed, Chan, McVay, they have had staffs that look like what Seattle has right now, whether or not Grubb is successful and McDonald's successful. Who the hell knows? I don't, I don't have a fucking clue. But overall, the staff does look a lot like how those staffs looked pretty much off the top. I think it's pretty common for first time head coaches. No, the experienced one usually have like a lot of names they'll bring in that they know. Now, Jeff, let me just jump in here real quick for a sec, Brian. Uh, yeah. Jeff, now you've been following this coaching search much more methodically than I have. Is the only open position, am I correct in saying that the only open position that's like really critical is D-line still? Is yeah, that I hired someone today. Who'd they hire? Go ahead, Jeff. Um, it was one of the assistant coaches on the Bears last year. He was the assistant D-line coach. And oddly enough, for Brian's mock drafts, um, the guy they hired, I can't remember his name, Jason. Justin Hines. Justin Hines. He coached the D-line for one of the teams at the Senior Bowl. So all of Brian's uh, mock draft D-linemen, this guy just coached them. So He's a Senior Bowl guy? That's all it's comes Jim back. Jim Nagy. Jim Nagy. So what they do at the senior bowl now is they'll let guys who aren't they'll like elevate guys like a guy like him who was an assistant D-line coach, they'll let him coach D-line. A guy who was like a quarterback coach will be the OC, and OC will be the head coach. And so I don't know if this came from Schneider, I don't know if this came from Nagy, but 
that was the last big coach that they had. They had the tight ends now. They have the receivers coach, the quarterback coach, but it seems like the staff is pretty much filled at this point. What is, uh, do you know, uh, you probably don't know the, the exact average age, but I feel like, like everybody other than Frazier has been under 45 and a lot of, and several of them under 40, like, how I don't know how old. Yeah, old's corrupt. He's like 45. Yeah, he's right about 45. Yeah, because there's the line, the linebacker really? coach. Oh, yeah, he's old too. That dude, that grub is not a grub looks a lot older than 45. Yeah. That's what, yeah, I shouldn't comment on that, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> he's 47, 47. I verified. That <laughs> is the voice of Evan Hill uh, at Evan Hill HB on Twitter. Uh, Evan, did you hear Grub, uh, his interview on uh, Stacy and Bump's show? I got through the first 10 minutes. Was there anything in the last five minutes? I know it was a short interview. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys, uh, Jeff, Nathan, if you heard it as well. I think my, my basic takeaway was more just, God, it is a massive difference in communication and presentation versus a guy like Waldron. Waldron you always very... hate Waldron so much. What's that? <laughs> you never <laughs> liked Waldron. Waldron's <laughs> first press conference irked the shit out of Brian. Right, yeah. Like, How? <laughs> yeah, you were like, this guy's not a leader. I'm done. It made me very nervous that press conference. He's very mealy mouthed and and like not clear. And I think that showed up in his play calling as well. I think he just he's not a decisive dude in a lot of ways. And anyway, Grub, you could just hear in everything. There is no nervousness. There is no timidness or trepidation. He might absolutely suck. He might just totally face plant. But it won't be because he doesn't know himself. It'll be because he come in and do his whole thing and it won't work. But it won't be because, you know, he has doubts about himself or doubts about his process. And I just think that's a huge, huge step forward. Do you remember which specific player he called out on the offense as having, I think it was like sky high potential. It stood out to me. Was some, well, I, mean, I paraphrased it hard, to be clear. Yeah, I mean, I remember him talking about each of the receivers, and then I remember him talking about the running. I thought it was more the backs that he seemed to to highlight, but what, what stood out to you? He seemed very optimistic about Charles Cross taking a throw. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, he talked about 67. Yeah, say more. What, what, remember what he said. Yeah, I just I remember the question. I don't remember if it was Stacey or Bump who asked it. but like, Offensive line, right? They're talking about the offensive line. I You're an offensive line guy. I I think it was it was also like when because he was you know considering offers from different teams and where to go and I think those two tackle positions as like foundational pieces on the line uh, were an appealing factor for him and you know he obviously mentioned Abe Lucas getting dinged up a little bit but he did call out Jar- Charles Cross and was like you know the sky's the limit for this type of guy again paraphrasing you know he he's somebody who could take a big year three jump and. I just found that interesting because that's that's somebody that's somebody that I think we all need to I think us internally are really hoping for as fans takes a big three a year three job. He has to. Like he has, he has to. to. He has to. I mean, this is a this is a top ten pick. Uh and he's he's been okay. Yeah. Like I think he's been an average starter, maybe a little bit above average. Um but he has not, he's flashed some cool stuff, but he's not been consistent. And that's one of the things Greb brought up is, 
he just sees the offensive line. You know, they had some injury problems and they just weren't that consistent. Yeah. And I'm really, really curious. We're going to get into this with free agency. We're going to talk about each one of those positions because I think that is a huge question about how this team is going to assemble the roster, or how, the, how the front office is going to assemble the roster is, is, is right there. Um, but you're right. That did stand out. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, Jeff, you look like you were about to say something. Did I, did I mis, misread your body language? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I had nothing there. But, okay. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny because that tackle draft – there was Ike Aquanu, there was Neil, and Panthers fans and Giants fans are like still furious. They didn't take Charles Cross, who's like been pretty average. And it's just been like none of those three guys have hit. And it's I with you, like they they need to see a real jump from him. This is he's not been exceptional in anything. I did think it was interesting. He talked about the two tackles being the foundation because well, I had heard that Lucas was, I mean, there's concern among Seahawks fans, among this group, that Lucas has a chronic knee issue and is not a foundational guy. Maybe you can't count on him. So for him to talk about those tackles that way, he didn't He didn't come in and make that his, his own assessment. He's getting that from Schneider, like uh, I, I'm pretty sure. So that's hopeful, <laughs> I guess. Because I think everyone liked Lucas's play. I, I was much more bullish on Lucas as a rookie than I was on Cross. Um, but this year was obviously a total disaster with his his injury. Um, so, oh, Evan, remind me. Uh, did the 49ers win the Super Bowl? <laughs> they, did not, they did not win okay. the Super Bowl. They lost their uh, third consecutive Super Bowl, as a matter of fact, actually. Wow. God, yeah. that must burn. Um, okay. Uh, so we've got to go through a bunch of stuff on free agency. Um, I actually just want to dive in because we'll get to patron questions and it, it, we might have to dive back in and out. <clears throat> but uh, let's, as we go into specific free agent areas, let's first talk positional priority. So, uh, I would like to hear from each of you. We're going to start on offense. Is there a position like you can say on a scale of one to five, five being must sign somebody in free agency. One being like, don't feel like we need anybody would be fine if we didn't do anything. I'm going to go through each position group. Okay. First quarterback. Give me, give me, give me your fingers here. One to five. We got one for Nathan. Yeah, zero. One for uh, Jeff. Zero for Evan. So I want to ask: Does that mean that none of you believe that they should sign a free agent backup? No, they. they uh, I mean, is how, that how, a, are, how are we treating existing? Like, what do we consider Drew Lock here? Is he? Uh, he's an undrafted he, free. He's an unrestricted he's, free agent, so he's not on the roster. I see. I see. Yeah, his contract is expired. Would it help for me to like do that as we go through each of these so you guys know the position like who's who's uh on the on the on the team and who's not? No, well, uh I'm good either way, but okay. I just want to clarify that. So, let me just ask again then. So like do you guys think the Seahawks should be in the market for a veteran backup? I'll bump this to a two because I do think that they should draft somebody and hopefully they draft somebody high-ish. Um, but they're, they also, like, 
I would be pretty happy to bring Locke back at like the same number or you know something really cheap just because he's serviceable and they have they should be they seem to be expecting to compete and so if Gino misses two games again it's probably better to have Drew Locke than whoever you're taking in the fourth round man I I I love you Nathan I could not disagree more like is it Locke specifically or just any veteran quarterback like any Drew Locke type of quarterback in that four to six million dollar range just makes no sense to me on a one year deal. Like if Gino goes down, I don't think we're competing for a, a championship or anything like that. I'd much rather go lean cheap on a rookie. I don't think the difference between a Drew Locke and some shitty no name rookie QB in the fifth or sixth round, like I don't think it's that big of a difference. I, and I, I'd rather take the risk of like saving four, five, six million. You know, and remember that's just condensed into one year, so that's um, all cash straight off the top of the cap this year. Um, Can I ask a question about that? Even though, I guess I think about paying a veteran backup quarterback as being something about when you're in your contending window. If you're not a contender, I think it is an absolute waste of a roster spot and of cap space to have like who cares if you can't win more games with your backup when you're not really contending for the Super Bowl anyway. Like why that's not? That's kind of my point. Like is that, I don't, is that kind of what that, that's that's what I'm wondering about. Like I don't view us as serious contenders. No. Right. I think right. this team has a shot to be serious contenders to make the NFC Championship game. Maybe. Yeah, but that's different than Super Bowl contention for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're not they're probably a year or two away from that, a couple of years away from that. But like, if you if 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 Drew Locke is the difference between making an NFC Championship game and not making an NFC Championship game because he wins you a game that your fifth round trash rookie would have lost, and that puts you better seeding. I'm not confident Drew Locke can do that. I mean, we saw him beat the Eagles. A lot of teams beat the Eagles. <laughs> really, yeah, it was in the stretch of a lot of teams beating the Eagles. And I'm saying Drew Locke, but it doesn't have to be Locke, right? I mean, there's Tyler Huntley or there's uh, – well, like, he's probably fairly popular, but I don't know. Minshew's maybe a little pricey. Flacco, like one of those guys. What are you going to say, Jeff? What about the idea of just hedging going into the draft? Like, do you see any value in that, Brian or Evan? Like, if you don't sign a backup player, are you giving draft intentions away or – is that who, who gives a shit about that? Where do you guys stand? Are on we that? sure that that those all those backup veterans are going to be signed before the draft? That you can't make that decision after the draft? No, but the idea would be just to hold your card so people don't know you want to draft a quarterback, right? I mean, yeah, that's kind of what they did with Drew Locke to some extent. His his contract, I think, was there was like some like non guarantee. They could have gotten out of it uh, before training camp or something <laughs> like that without having a thought there was something to that extent or that he didn't have enough guaranteed in there to really um, guarantee a spot i guess what it comes up to to me is i'm with you guys it's it's like a one like a a one thing like i would much 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 rather the draft be their target for backup than for free agency um it sounds like seahawks don't agree by all accounts yeah and we'll I don't come back to this. We, we, I don't think I don't know if we actually we will. I, I will say I heard. Uh, was it Brock? Yeah, Brock saw Brock Keyword brought it up that there's a coach that used I think from Denver or something that went to Vegas. Yeah, maybe? I heard him say that today too. 
uh, that there's some talk about Drew Locke heating up as something as a prospect that some other teams might want. I'm like, did you think that was a reach too? Because I heard that today, and I was like, he's fishing here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean. Oh, yeah, it's all relative. It's all relative. I, I, no, I don't think they're doing that to Lock, You know, good, good for them. Um, okay, so quarterback not necessarily our big focus point for free agency. Um, wide receiver, one through five. Five being must get somebody. We've got a zero for Jeff. Yeah, this is pretty low. This is a position where they're already spending like a ton of money in. So, one, two. Evans at one or two. Nathan's uh, got Bunny Fufu hopping around uh, at a two. Well, let me. Can I ask? Can I add, yeah. ask a question here? So let's say, let's say you know Tyler Lockett is getting cut. Does that number change for you? Four. Like I'm all the way up to a four at this point. Okay. Okay. So it shifts significantly. And that's why I was kind of in a two with with this is like I don't know what's going on with Tyler. Also, if he comes back, how good is he really? Like, it's not a bad thing to have a fourth wide receiver on the team that can fill in. You're going to have an injury somewhere along the line. Well, and it's worth remembering that Mr. Grubb did call out Jake Bobo. Um, so uh, there's some. Um... What about D. Eskridge? Did he talk about D. Eskridge at all? <laughs> he did not. Huh? That's so weird. He did not. Um, but yeah, you're Derek Young's another name just to keep in mind. Missed the year with injury, had some promise, but got it. Understood. So, so, so we'll, we'll potentially look at some free agent stuff there. I'm just gauging for where we're going to go a little deeper. Um, tight end. Ooh, okay. So, this is one where it would be helpful for me to know who is actually on the team. Okay. So, Will Disley, I believe, is the only tight end other than if you want to talk about Brady Russell or, you know, but like basically Colby Parkinson and Noah Fant are unrestricted free agents. Will Disley is a likely cut or at least a restructure like a, 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 you know, he might have his contract redone. Um, So you're at least two and potentially all three tight ends gone. I'm I'm going to go four here. I think I'm a three on this. There's some actual interesting tight ends available. Yes. Okay. We're going to spend some time on the tight ends. I, I I think for me, I think it's a five that you sign one free agent tight end. I don't think you can go into the draft without adding at least one free. It doesn't have to be necessarily top of the heap free agent tight end, but I think you need to, you need to have more on the roster than they have. Tight end is is one of the slowest positions to come up to speed, it seems like, and contribute. So asking a rookie that you're likely drafting in the mid-rounds to be a major role player seems real risky. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would... Uh, more I think about it, the more I would think about giving Will Disley an extension. Like, and, and keep no. him static at that number, like, would you, would you be willing to pay him? Um, I'm trying to remember what it was. 8 million a year. Not remember. It wouldn't be all up front, but no, they got to do, they got to lower that. And his, his numbers were so low last year. So so I agree, Jeff, you, you got to lower it for 2024, but like, but even 20, his numbers were, what do you have? 20 catches last year. Like he was the third string tight end in snaps last year. Like, 
I think you gotta get him down to like four or five million, or else he's gone. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I just don't think. That, yeah, I, I think I think it's possible to talk about an extension, Evan. I just, I, I think feel they, like I think they can play hardball with him. Yeah, I think you can, but I fear if you let him walk and you have a completely empty tight end room next year with a bunch of question marks, it could, you could regret that. Yeah. Well, here's the, th- here's the thing. Uh, as we talk tight end as a group, I don't know how grubs offense is going to look this way, but the fact of the matter is the emergence of JSN and running a lot more three receiver sets had a big impact on tight end snaps. And that's part of what went on. So if they're going JSN's not going anywhere. You assume Tyler Lockett maybe is around and DK. If you've got three receivers, you're going to run out there a lot. Then tight end just becomes kind of a two-person position at most and really probably a one-person position. So that's where, like, unless Disley's your guy, I think you got to free up that cap space for other things. And I think we'll look at, we'll look at it. We'll look at tight end for sure. If you can get Colby Parkinson for... 3 million a year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that you think twice about swapping those two in terms of composition to your, to your roster, different types of players, but um, cost to value that that should make sense. Um, all right. So running back, I'm just going to assume zeros unless anyone wants to make a case. Uh, and so then let's just talk. Tra- is Travis Homer a free agent? <laughs> No, he's not. Where is he? I think he signed a two-year deal last year, and I think they're trying to get out of it. They're oh. trading a second-round pick that they don't have this year to get Travis Homer back. Um, Rashad Penny is a free agent Rashad this year. Is a free agent. We are not going to do this. Uh, I'm cutting this. One point three million dollars. I mean, the price is probably right on this guy. Holy crap! If people still home. here, they would spend all the free agent money on Derrick Henry. <laughs> I'm fully serious. I hope, yeah, I don't know. We don't have to have that conversation. That's not going to happen. Um, so offensive line is, it's kind of almost, you got to break it down a little further than that. You got to go tackles, guard, center. Um, tackles, one through five. I'm going to go through this quick because I want to get into the actual free agents. We'll talk about these groups, but zero for Jeff. Tackle for me, free agent wise, is like a three. Not because I'm looking for a starter, but I think that I would like to upgrade Stone Forsyth. Like swing tackle is an interesting position. So it's not nothing for me, but I'm not looking for a starter necessarily. Um, Sorry, I also like the tackles in this draft, so I'm not as worried if they don't come out with one. Nathan? We're talking about tackles here? Tackles. You guys are overthinking this. I feel like you got to add some some uh depth there so what what are you giving a number probably a three as well yeah okay guards guards for me is a five yeah it's there's some interesting Uh, free agents there anthony bradford is on your roster some people think that's good enough phil haynes and damian lewis are free agents Mm -hmm. so your two start two technical starters from last year are free agents um so yeah Five for me, I think you've got to try to add at least, I think you have to add one free agent offensive guard. Okay. Center. This is an interesting one. You've got Olu. You drafted last year. You groomed him. Evan Brown is a free agent. Do you need to, 
Whoa. I'm going to say five just because I really want Evan Brown to come back. Interesting. All right. Jeff? Probably closer to two. Two? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, three, I'm a four, actually. A four? Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right, let's get into this. We're going to go offense first. I'm going to share uh, what I think is a really – I don't think they had this last year. At least I don't remember it. Um, nice little rankings uh, view from PFF. Do you guys see this? Are I going to make it bigger at all? I've got the – I was using the exact same tab, Brian, on my side too. Nice, nice. <laughs> so um, we can go position by position. So – Let's let's kind of we talked about quarterbacks. Let's do a really quick review of who is available. So obviously Seahawks aren't going to be looking at Cousins. It goes as <laughs> a thin quarterback uh, class. Interesting. They've got Tannehill ahead of Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure that's how the market will play it out um, at all. <laughs> no chance. Um, then Gardner Minshew, and it's interesting. Just to call out. They've got projected contracts here, ages over here. Um, I think in know, fairness to PFF, they have uh, Minshew getting more money than Tannehill. I think this is just ratings by. Yes, yeah, right now it is sorted yeah. by PFF rank, not by yeah. grade or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so Minshew, Jacoby Brissett's an interesting name. Like this guy's been a. Decent starter when he's getting given a chance. Um, if I'm looking for a true veteran backup, he'd be high on my list. Would you rather take Drew Locke at four million or Jacoby Brissett at six and a half as backup? I don't. It's, it's money is paramount for me in that position. So so cheaper is better. Really? Yeah. Because I take Jacoby Brissett a million times over Drew Locke in that scenario. As a per as a player for no, sure it, with compensation. He is two. He is that value for an additional two and a half million dollars. Doesn't that counteract what you said before? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm saying if we were to spend money there, I'd much yeah. rather spend it on Jacoby Brissett than Drew Locke. Like to me, that's not even. Yeah, close. sure, I agree. Okay, but what about at two point seven five million? Who you yeah. So this is what they're projecting for Locke. It's still good. I Jacoby. don't think so. I don't think Locke. he's got better than last year. Yeah. So. I mean, Jeff, you've brought up Tyler Huntley a couple times. 26, so he's younger than Locke. This is a guy Matt Hasselback called out a few years ago as a backup that he likes in, in Baltimore. Um, any thoughts there? I think he's just, if you're going to pay $4 million for a backup or in that range, I find Huntley much more interesting. And I think I pretty know what Locke is. And Huntley at least can get on the move and he can go 500. And he's, he's a really mobile quarterback. And, that's call it really all I want in like a veteran backup, someone who can keep the offense afloat and not screwed up, and at least he can win with his legs. And McDonald knows him, so thought yeah. he was a natural fit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's none of these guys that for me, I'm like, I'm rushing to the to the table to sign. Like, no, I'm fine if you go into the draft and you don't have any of these guys. I think those numbers are low. Like the NFL, the value of the backup quarterback this year with all those quarterback injuries, I think teams are going to react to that. Like the, the Jets not signing one last year and how that just tanked their season. I think guys like Minshew and Brissett are going to get a, a lot of money. Well, yeah. I mean, people are talking about Minshew getting at least like Geno's contract, if not Daniel Jones's contract. And the idea that he's going to get 40 million is crazy to me if that happens. I, I feel like there's a little bit of a reset ready to happen on the wide receiver and quarterback position to some extent, but things don't tend to go down in the NFL very much. Um, 
Uh, all right, wide receiver. Let's talk about wide receiver for a second because Nathan, this was a, a four for you if Tyler Lockett gets cut. I just want to like scroll it through some of these names. I mean, uh, I don't think you're talking about a T. Higgins type. And let me know if you are like top of the market kind of player. Are you? I mean, how much is uh, Tyler supposed to get paid this year? It's like 25. 27 is his cap number, right? I don't. Why are they projecting T. Higgins to get a one-year deal? Franchise, tag. franchise tag. So he's gonna, get, he's gonna get tagged. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And they think Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's gonna get franchise tag. That's kind of wild to me. He's yeah, good. Probably. He's good. Yeah. Um. So Mike Evans maybe is where you start. This guy's thirty-one, or gonna be. Um, Hollywood Brown. Calvin Ridley is an interesting name. You know, Ridley three years older than Hollywood Brown. That doesn't feel right, does it? Crazy. Wow. Yeah. Hollywood Brown played has played well for the the Cardinals. Um, I mean, Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is only twenty five. Yeah, he came in really young. I remember Derek was a big fan in that draft year. He's really interesting. Like, if you're talking about swapping out. Tyler and putting the money towards just like basically just replacing him with somebody. I mean, Gabe Davis is a very different type of player, but isn't he an X? I mean, isn't he a DK redundancy? Yeah, I mean, there is that. He's super boomer bust too. Like, yeah, I feel like Odell is done. He's I, so I washed. I, I, like he was not able to be a factor. Tyler Boyd's an interesting name, a little older. Mm-hmm. He's, he's redundant with JSN though. Yeah. I think you're right. You're right. Slot guy. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Curtis Samuel. Kendrick well, Warren. Mooney, Mooney and uh, Hollywood Brown and maybe Samuel to some extent. Like, those, are, those guys are just straight burners, right? Like, yeah. that is something that scale doesn't – I mean, you know, DK is pretty much just a straight burner in a lot of ways. But they those two are definitely a different type. And, you like, they would even fit in if you kept Tyler, although you wouldn't afford him, but – <clears throat> yeah i mean this, this is why i was zero like it's not a very uh, you know, i would rather draft guys and pay like the mike thomases or josh reynolds or yeah there's not a lot of guys here that excite me noah brown is a cheap could be in tyler's position kind of guy I, I, I don't know like the wide receiver crew of free agency is feels ick and you can just find them in the draft for so cheap in like the third round. Or... Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I don't know. I mean, call them out if there's guys that you guys are super excited about, but I don't think there's anything there. Let's talk tight ends. Um, so they've got Dalton Schultz, who played for Houston this last year, even though he's wearing a Cowboys jersey there uh, as their top player. They've got him at three-year deal, $33 million total. Hunter Henry was in New England. Um, they've got him at a two-year deal for 12. So you're, I mean, it's cheaper, even though they're higher ranked. Uh, you get to know a fan, Seahawk, three years, 8 million, 14 and a half guaranteed, 24 million total. I think there's an interesting compare here between Noah Fant and Gerald Everett. Noah Fant's three years younger, uh, almost four years younger. Um, would you rather Gerald Everett one year, five and a half million or Noah Fant, three years, eight million, fourteen and a half guaranteed. Noah Fant, 
Didn't Gerald ever like fumble four times in one year for us or something? <laughs> yeah, against the Niners. I, I can't do that again. Can't do it. I'd probably take Everett. I think he he feels cooked though. I mean, he's not that old. Um, I think tight ends age a little bit more than other positions, but yeah, I don't know. Three years, yeah. eight million is kind of a lot for Fant. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I mean, I don't know if this contract's right, but I mean that was second highest APY uh, at the at the at the position. Um, it's the Disley deal, basically, right? Yeah, it's a Disley deal. Yep, yep. And so then you get into you know Adam Troutman's uh, inline blocker. He's like a Disley, you know. Um, Austin Hooper. 29, you know, got nothing left. Uh, Gasicki, like, he's like the opposite, can't block. Yeah, they don't even have Colby Parkinson on here, so he's on page two or no, he's not even listed. They only go for the top 200 free agents. They didn't even, he didn't even make the top 200 free agents. It was weird. I was like looking at that for you tab on Twitter, and for some reason, on my thing, there was like a bunch of Panthers writers, like pleading the team to sign Colby Parkinson because they have Pat McPherson. And I was like, I'm like, well, you got to be down really low. <laughs> as low as it gets. I'm like, how did I even see this? I mean, I think th- th- that's part of my point. I think Colby Parkinson, he's probably going to be in this range, two to three million bucks. That's what yeah, I would I'd expect do. for him. I would do that. Hell yeah. I'd bring him back at that number. Yeah, so that that'd be kind of my plan at tight end is to to try to bring Colby Parkinson back. Are you guys signing Noah Fant as well? Or are you 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 letting him go? Well, what are you doing with Disley? What are you doing with Disley? That's your question. The question back to you. I think you try to extend him. So you'd extend Disley, lower his cap number, and sign Parkinson, and then free in the draft if a tight end falls to you great if not then you've got your two tight ends and you fill in with ufa or something like that i don't love it but i think that's that's the approach i would take yeah um okay now let's get into let's get into the meat (laughs) so uh let's do a quick tackle review i don't think we're gonna go deep here I, i don't think i'm none of you had this as a big thing I don't think you're signing Tyron Smith or Trent Brown. Um, Although Brown's a little bit interesting because he can totally be a swing tackle for you. Um, He plays both sides. And so, I mean, that's a name. And if it's really seven and a half a year, that's probably too much for a backup kind of player. Um, But so here's the thing with tackle. Like, can you really look at this as a backup position? I mean, they know more about yeah yeah we don't know that's the hard part like i need to know about lucas's because if lucas is banged up like this year it's a huge priority position i mean they've got donovan smith here if that's right this guy started on the super bowl team they've got him making two and a half million there's no way these contract numbers feel low like, <laughs> yeah, that seems crazy to me uh, he, he was the he had the most penalties of any offensive lineman or any player in the NFL. So I think he's not like a perfect player by any stretch, but I'd take him over stone Forsyth. Yeah. 2 million. Sure. Um, I would take George Fant over. Yeah. I think that's the one that makes sense. He, he started for Houston this year, right? Tackle. He's We're just gone. trying to bring Pete's gone. You guys, we're not just going to bring back all the old Seahawks. <laughs> no, he, he was a capable. Hey, George Fant could play tight end too. Don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> line up at wide receiver as well. But I guess I just I would rather them grab one of these mid-level veteran swing tackles than have to go bring Jason Peters off of ARP for you know a second straight year like or Jake Curran. I think yeah. they have to think about spending a little money here and and treating this as like a starting position because yeah like your season we just saw like the effect that the offensive line injuries had on last year you don't want to draft a rookie and be like well our plan is to have him play guard unless lucas gets hurt and now you're trying to bounce him around and teach him multiple positions and who knows if the dude can even play yet like it let's talk about it for one second um if you sign a starter at right tackle. I think, can we all agree they're not going to move Charles Cross off of left tackle? No. Like, I, I just don't see that's going to happen. Sure. So, if they sign a starting caliber right tackle, can Abe Lucas play guard? Maybe, probably. I don't know. But why would you want him to? If he's not going to be a starter, and if he's better than your other guard options then it also reduces your need to spend on the guard position and draft for the guard position. Like if he's a better player than Anthony Bradford, you know, I think, but the, if he's healthy, if he can start, he should start at right tackle. He's good there. Like, yeah. so the question isn't like, can he play right tackle? Obviously it's, is he going to be available? So I don't think you can, like, if you start to think about him playing guard, it's the same problem. He just might not be ready, able to play, right? So you're, I'm just trying to understand your strategy here. You're, you're signing a, uh, like spending money on a starting level right tackle as a hedge. And if it, and if Lucas is well enough to start, you just eat the money that you spent on a starting caliber right tackle. Yeah. So like this Trent Brown thing, like that number feels really low for Trent Brown, but like, yeah, he's 31. So I think that's part of what's going on there. Yeah. But like, that's probably more than you want to spend for a backup tackle. Right. I don't, I don't even know if it is that much more than you want to spend for a backup tackle, but like go spend that on like a, not like a premium starter, but like a, you know, a borderline, you know, capable kind of starter. And then, yeah, you just eat it and he sits on the bench. And if you, and maybe someone like Brown can play guard a little bit, but like he's there, he's, he's the same thing as a backup quarterback, right? He's there in case Lucas gets hurt or Lucas like, can't play the rest of the season you have you're not sol like the jets was aaron Rodgers last year yeah it's an insurance policy right you're paying for the insurance right so i get that i guess for me it's just i would rather if you can get a like one of these level donovan smith you know george pants uh you know five million and under i would rather edge that way yeah yeah i agree both of those guys were starters last year though right exactly yeah so Keep in mind that Trent Brown deal actually might be a little bit more reasonable, or that projection might be a little bit more reasonable than expected. He, that's so, so that's seven and a half they have him at projected. I think he yeah. he's been making seven million average over the past two years, and like I don't know where you guys would rank him in terms of like the top right tackles in the NFL, but you know the tenth highest paid right tackle makes ten million a year. Mm. So like. Do you view him as top 15? And yeah, it might, it might be that seven mil, eight mil range, actually. 
which might yeah. make your argument, Nathan, to eat that as an insurance policy. Uh, it's a easier good to point. swallow. Because not having a proper backup right tackle can unravel their season. Yeah. Like that game where Jake Curran played right tackle against the Bengals last year basically cost them the game. He allowed like yeah. 20 pressures. So cost them the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. if you can get a guy for $5 million, and even if he doesn't make it, just to hedge Lucas, I think that's sort of a no-brainer. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I, I I think I think it's 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 that's why for me tackle is a position. I think you got to look at it free agent. Yeah, I've changed my view on that since ten minutes ago. That's what we're here for. Yeah, I rarely have that. Rarely have... Hearts and minds. Um, now let's talk guard because this is this is the I think everyone was flashing fives fours on this. We'll we'll go a quick run through this, but I want to hear from you guys, each one of you. Do you have a guard that you would love to see them sign? Um, keep in mind age, keep in mind total guarantees, all those it's kinds like of things. Million a year for him. What's that? Kevin Dotson was traded for like a six round pick. They're saying 17 million a year. Yeah, they've got him as the top free agent guard is Kevin Crazy. Dotson, who used to be on the Steelers, got traded to the Rams and had a glow up, had a big year. And they talk about the fact that McVeigh went away from uh zone to a gap scheme and so i will admit i don't know enough about these different players and i don't know grubs uh, scheme enough to be able to say what kinds of guards are the best fit for his scheme so we're just going to be guessing based off of you know quality of player and what we think there so they've got kevin donson as the top they've got robert hunt from the dolphins as the second they basically have him getting the same contract um actually even a little bit more uh, they're the same age. Uh, uh, Kevin Dotson, Robert Hunt, same age, same contract, pretty much. Uh, then it goes to Kevin Zeitler, real jump up in age. Kevin Zeitler, 34 years old, um, but is also much more of a track record, more, much more consistently good. And then they drop down to like Dalton Risner. I will just say, I'm not a fan of Dalton Risner. I don't want to, I don't want him. Uh, Ezra Cleveland. I'm also not a huge fan of him, but then you like, these are guys are all ranked ahead of Damian Lewis. And so when I've been quoted and tweeted about the fact that I don't want them to sign Damian Lewis, it is because the contract they projected Damian Lewis at four years, 10 and a half million, $42 million with 24 million guaranteed. Right. Let's not do that. I do not want to pay him that type of money. Let's not do that. Uh, yeah, that's the Shaq Griffin contract all over again. Give me, give me Kevin Zeitler. You know, for yeah, a couple million dollars good. cheaper. Like, dude, I do not care about a thirty-three-year-old tackle. He is still productive. Guard. Or guard, he is still so productive, and he's been productive for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, I think that you, like, it would be, I would love to see them swing. I'd love to see them get an offensive alignment at 16. Um, one that could play guard. Uh, that would be pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, like, bring in Zeitler, see what shakes out between him, Haynes, and Bradford next year. It's Like, if you can get him on this two-year deal, then you can come back and try to find another guard in the draft or something, you know, more sustainable. But, like... You know, get yourself a serviceable right tackle and don't 
just have a black hole behind a Blucus and then get yourself a serviceable guard to throw on the heap with what you already have, draft somebody. And I feel like you're solid. Like you've got a chance that like if your draft guy doesn't work out the first year, you could still get two guys out of Haynes and Zeitler and Bradford and yeah, you got Bradford. Like it's not like the the cupboard's empty. And they also have the two guys that they we don't know by 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 the way on tackle and uh, guard. There were the two guys that they got off of other teams' practice squads. Um, sorry, let me pull up who that was. There was McClendon Curtis was one of them, and then Raekwon. I want to say McMillan. It was Raekwon. I don't know. He's not showing up here. Um, in any event, there was another guy that they signed as well. So they can might. I, yeah, go ahead. Can I remind you that John Schneider three years ago made a very aggressive chase for Kevin Zeitler. Do you guys remember this? It was the yeah. Joe Thune sweepstakes. It was the Kevin Zeitler sweepstakes. And I think it's what ultimately led to the Gabe Jackson trade. Right. So they made one of the most aggressive offers on the market for Kevin Zeitler. Maybe there's a little history. Well, there is history there. Maybe. Well, maybe Mike, McDonald, Mike McDonald certainly has a tie there. Egg, that's an excellent point. I think yeah. you could make a case for Zeitler as well because because he is older. That is a very young offensive line. And if you especially if you're planning to go with Olu as your starting center, and you're potentially talking about drafting a rookie. You're talking about all three third year and less guys. So it might make a lot of sense to bring in one wily vet to, to help lead that room. Yeah. They, they need some man, like big time man strength. I heard Ray Roberts on uh, the radio. He was saying like, they need like a meat eater or something. I don't know what the term he used was, but <laughs> they need like meat yeah, eater. Yeah. He was saying like, they need guys who are just like, like eat meat off the bone and like the dirty like i don't know if it was like the jim mora dirt bags he was just i think that was the term he used but <laughs> i like this little sweet spot here Brian. well yeah so uh, before we move off guard i mean I like I, this has been a good conversation because i think zeitler has been a guy i'm a little hesitant to build your uh, your your next two to three year offensive line with a guy that's 34 but i can kind of see it now like why that might make sense um, I really like Jonah Jackson. PFF does not. So everyone who thinks I only go by PFF, <laughs> like here's an example of that not being the case. Jonah Jackson starter on the Lions. I thought him being injured in the Rams game, I think might have been the difference between them winning in San Francisco and not. Like I think he is, he is a really good guard. He is young. He's 27. So he is he is basically Damian Lewis, um, same age. And they've got a very similar contract. They've got, um, him for much cheaper. They've got Damian Lewis going for 42 million total, 24 guaranteed. They've got Jonah Jackson going on a three-year deal instead of four is, is the reason. So I think it's actually the same little bit less 10, 10.25, 10 and a quarter per year instead of 10 and a half. I would take Jonah Jackson a hundred times out of a hundred over Damian Lewis. There's just too many, there's too many connections to Zeitler to think that they won't do it. And then there's this guy, John Simpson, who started left guard 
This guy's a fucking horse. He is. What do you think? So uh, my my read of Simpson is he's he's kind of Anthony Bradford. So I don't yeah. know that you're really changing your line that much by signing him. What do you like about him, Jeff? I'm just he's a fucking. And the thing with Bradford was he was like he's way overweight right now. Like he is, like he looked like he was like 340 and like he struggled moving laterally. And Simpson can play at that size, and he's he's not technically sound like Zeitler is. Like you see the grades, it's a completely different class of grades. But he's just like a big fucking monster at left guard who can kind of push people around. But I don't think he's like the solution or anything. He's a stopgap kind of guy. But he was is like he a meat eater. He's a horse. Like a, he's a horse, man. Look at this guy. He's a fucking. I animal. love this. Horses don't eat meat, though. So I we have metaphors. I think a guy like Graham Glasgow is also interesting as a hedge. He is like a. This is a wrong, but like he is, he's he's like the veteran step back from from Zeitler. Like he is, he is not Zeitler, but he's a starting caliber guy that can be a backup, and he's a vet. He could fit in there and be someone that you get on the cheap. Um, that gives you a little bit of a hedge. Um, Wait, can I ask a very serious question? Yes. Do you guys feel like there's any guard or tackle or even a center in the NFL who's a vegetarian? Shut up, dude. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being dead serious. And would you sign one who's a vegetarian I mean, on I've, the offensive line? If they're good, no I don't care what they no eat. No way. On the offensive line, you, yeah, would, sign, you would sign a run-blocking Guard who doesn't no, eat red the, meat. It's the biggest red flag I've ever heard. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I, do, like, I don't care. I'm I'm with Evan. I would not. That would be like I won't sign that guy for a dollar. I, <laughs> exactly. I, I'm just I'll telling you. I'm making sign. judgments based off this. I understand. I saw, I saw John Feliciano on that list. That guy is like I would not touch that guy with the 200 foot pole. The way he was like tweeting after that Snyder Super Bowl. Uh, he he did oh, a lot my. of stink on him. I will say though he was. He was a sneaky big part of the Niners sec- second part of that year. He 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 replaced Spencer Buford as a starter and was a real upgrade. I'm not saying they should sign him, but I think 49ers fans know that this guy was uh better than what they were playing there before. Uh, yeah. Um but he's keep kind away of from J- keep away from Jalen Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, all right. So it sounds like this, you guys are most excited about Zeitler. Is that what I'm hearing? Nathan, did, 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 is that where you're at? Yeah. I just, the combination of still playing well and shorter deal um, is really appealing to me. Man, you could get... any of you make a case for Robert Hunt? Like, this, no like to go up, like, are any of you saying, like, at the point, like, no, we're going to sign a young Pro Bowl proven guard that is going to be a fixture on our line for the next six years or whatever. No, no one's no one's there for that. I just don't think that's him. Like he's has he been to the Pro Bowl? You, I, you guys can look it up easier than I can. Yeah. I, if there was a guy like that who was just like again that stud guard. Like if you can get like the equivalent of Lane Johnson to come play guard, sure, I'll give the guy twenty million dollars. But I think you're, I think Robert Hunt is the free agent you should be like terrified to pay. Like those kind of guys are the scariest free agents. I call them the Draymond Jones types. Um, you don't want to pay that like second tier kind of good guy like they are the good guy. 
and look at that deal a year later and say, well, what the fuck were we thinking? Like the Seahawks did last So Damian Lewis. Yeah. God. I think Perfect. Robert Hunt is, is a significant step up from Damian Lewis. Like I'm pretty confident that like, again, scheme matters. So whether he's a scheme fit, can't say for sure, but I think Robert Hunt is a much better guard. And so I will say 17 and a half feels rich, but I am like, I am open to opening up. I would have been happier with the team spending this kind of money on a guard. I think guards, if you look back, reagent guards have worked out more often than a lot of other positions that you spend big money on in free agency. Yeah, and especially in the draft, Nathan mentioned at 16 overall. Like, I know there's talk about, like, where you draft guards analytically because you can typically find them. Like, if you look at, like, the return on investment on, like, highly drafted guards, the return is very strong. It's, like, some of the highly drafted, like, was when Zach Martin got taken and guys like that and Chris Lindstrom. And there's not a lot of, like, highly drafted guards that haven't hit. So I know analytically you should you can get better value in the fourth round or whatever, but I'm totally good with them drafting a guard in the first round. Like, I think they need a priority player there. Wasn't Robert Hunt linked to the Seahawks in the draft way back when? There were people who, I think it was the 2020 draft. I don't know. Yes, 2020. There were people who really liked him. But I think it was more of a second round player. That was the year they took Brooks. So he, yeah, he had a virtual visit with the Seahawks. Interesting. I just don't know a lot about like Grub and Huff's scheme. Like I, Brian, I don't know if you know more about that, but like, in terms of like body types, like I mean, they had big guys on their line for sure. But I just, um, I, like I said, I, I don't think we're gonna figure that out in this on our pod. I just, I think the question is, are we willing to spend? more than $10 million a year on a guard. If there's someone out there that is of high caliber, that's kind of the question for me. I'm open to it. Like, I think it's an important, if you can get someone that you really believe can be a fixture, I'm open to it. Um, but my guess is like, I, I'm the most skeptical that this Jonah Jackson contract is accurate. I feel like he's going to get closer to 13 a year like i think he's i think he's i think he's gonna be i think he's probably gonna resign with detroit first of all but i don't trust his name <laughs> that's, that's, the vibes rankings are real i, I he's got the double j man that's and he, my problem it's it's solid the two j's no that's a i think that's he's, a negative. Like he's got a smile like you, you want to see a little bit more you know but that's my only other guy i uh, and that that and don't sign Damien Lewis. Those are the things I feel most strongly about. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's take a quick look at center before we do some patron questions. And then we'll do a quick mock for whoever wants to stick around for that. Um, so centers. I admit I had, you know, I don't know. Like I didn't know Connor Williams that well. Uh, this guy is, was extremely well graded last year. He only played 500 snaps. Um. Uh, started at guard in his career and then moved to center. Um, Andre James, like these, they're talking about seven and a half million a year 
Centers don't get paid, man. They don't get paid. So there's some people that have had Cushionberry actually linked as someone that the Seahawks should look at. He's that projection. What's so, that? They're giving him $14 million a year. That's a lot of money for a center. It is. That's like a lot. That's an oddly high compared to the guys above him who are like. Yeah. By the way, flashback, flashback to 2020 or 2018, LJ Collier was bullying um, Connor Williams in that Dallas Cowboys Seahawks game, by the way, at home. No way. So just so you know. If we sign Connor Williams, he was bullied by LJ Collier back in the day. Oh, oh, it's just a God. just a little anecdote. That's so all. So for what it's worth, Nathan, they've got Evan Brown on the list. He's the bottom of their list, but he's on there, and they've got him at three years, four and a half million. That's maybe the worst projected contract that we've seen because when you're making four, four and a half million dollars, nobody takes like a three year deal on that, right? <laughs> like everyone's just taking one year and then like hoping they can. Yeah, I think two uh, years is tops for him. Brian yeah, I, Allen is now a free agent because the Rams cut him. He was their, their center, right? Um, I think there's talk of them moving maybe Avila to, to center, possibly, their, their draft pick from last year. I mean, I like the idea of bringing Brown back and just rolling with Brown and Olu. I think those two together are 100%. You're good at center. I don't, I'm okay I, with that. I don't think this is a position you want to. Sp- I don't. I don't know. I don't think you want to throw fifteen million dollars at Connor Williams. No, oh, like disaster. Like I don't want to. Like looking at these free agents, there's not a guy that's like I must have and throw no, a ton of money one. at. And it's yeah. like just bring back Evan Brown for like a couple million. He's good enough. And I think that's probably what they'll do. So I mean, we're only going to get through offense. Uh, we're only going to get through offense on today's slim, is that size slim, medium, thick. I thought you'd like that. Um, at least <laughs> what? We'll go back to that. Wait, we what? Slim, medium and meat eater size. No, We're talking about, it's talking about how much they show for each name. That's all it's referring to. They Evan. really did. Ray the Roberts double called him a freaking meat eater. <laughs> Wait, yeah. can we filter by vegetarian or not? Nope. Not on here. Bummer. Does not show. Um, so, all right, I'm going to do a quick thing here and put, uh, all the needs that we've kind of gone through here on offense. Tell me guys who are your top three free agents that we've talked about today on the offensive side that you really would like to see the Seahawks sign can be at any position. Kevin Zeiler. Zeitler's one for you. Mm-hmm. It's just bad that there's not players. I'm like, I got to sign this guy on the offensive oh. side of the ball. Yeah. I was reading an article yesterday and uh, Mike Sando put out the top 150. And the guy who, who does the show with him, what's it, Randy Mueller, said in this free agent class, all the good players are on defense and all the value is on offense. Mm. For me, it's pretty straightforward. It is one of the guards. I'll take Jonah Jackson or Zeitler. I've been convinced into Zeitler. I'll be okay with that. Uh, a backup tackle. 
George Fance, you know, one of those level guys and Evan Brown. Yeah. Like uh, Colby Parkinson's in there somewhere, but like, I, I think you need all these guys are essentially two to $3 million, you know, types of free agents, except for your guard, your guard on offense. I'm willing to spend 10 million, you know, up to 12 million, 13 million if necessary to get someone really good. Especially because they don't have money coming in at that spot for at least two, three years. Like they don't have to pay cross or Lucas. So your whole group's going to be rookie contracts. So I, I think that's a spot you got to splash somewhere at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still like the idea of kind of going seven million dollar guys at both right tackle and guard, um, and not having too long of a commitment there. But if you can like, if you want to gamble and you go cheap at tackle, maybe you don't even like, you know, maybe you just draft somebody mid round, you keep fourth ice or around or whatever, uh, and then you just throw fourteen million at. I, I, but I don't love Hunt enough to say, like, you know, try to go get a guy like that. But if if they do and they think they can lock that up, like you're saying, and have a B-plus guard for the next four years, I kind of like that. That's that's hard to say no to over, like, uh, kind of nickel and dime yourself trying to fill a bunch of holes. Well, that's that's, that's that. exactly my thought, Nathan. And I think, I think Jeff's question is the right one. Is Robert Hunt that guy? Yeah. I think it's a totally fair question. Kevin Zeitler is that guy for at least, I think you can be pretty confident Zeitler is that guy for two years. I think past that, you're really starting to hope. And so that's the hedge is like, do you go Zeitler? I think personally, I think Jonah Jackson could be that guy. Um, That'd be cool with that. And so that's where, like, he's younger. I'd like to roll the dice on someone like that. Um, did he make the Pro Bowl? I was curious. The Jackson thing, I just feel like you're. there's a good chance you're going to be like, oh, we just paid. Like, you're going to end up in the same place as if you paid uh, Lewis. By the way, Jackson was a Pro Bowler la- uh, in 2021, not the last two years. Now, there's one critical offensive free agent that we have not discussed. That is leaving the Seattle Seahawks. Who's this? DJ Dallas. I'm so so glad we don't have to see him like punt or like return kicks anymore. You see that meme of uh, video of Harbaugh watching tape of DJ Dallas returning punts, and it was like a 270-pound guy like – I have not. No, it's so funny, dude. (laughs) I can't. Wouldn't it be nice if they actually tried to create some something dynamic in the return game? It would be nice. Man, we have not had that since like Tyler Lockett, you know, rookie year. Rookie. How did they get so far away from that? Like. He was so adamant, like Percy Harvin's going to play special teams. We're going to get everything we can. And then they like lock. It was awesome for a year. And then it was just like, uh, and they even tried to like throw Earl Thomas out there. And that was Richard in the Sherman middle of too. like, yeah, yeah. And that was when like, like they were, legit, they were doing awesome. it, for a bit. it was like, they were really risking something there with that. And now they're like, ah, DJ Dallas. <laughs> Let's hope that's a reboot all over the place. Um, 
All right, let's take some let's take some patron questions. Uh, Nathan, if you could take a look and chat for those, and then we will do a quick mock uh, and we'll we'll call it good. So if you haven't already, give the show a like, click subscribe, click the bell to get notified when we go live, and go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger, sign up right now, get access to the Slack channel right away where the hot stove league for football is hopping and lots of conversation going on there. Um, Patreon.com slash Hawkblogger. And you get to ask us questions each week when we do the show. Nathan, let's aim for like four or five. Okay. Evan, first one coming your way. The Durs wants to know, what's our current cap situation? Yeah, so Seattle, I believe, is about $5, 6000000 million over the cap right now. The final numbers for 2024 in terms of um, what the cap limit is, is going to be is, is TBD. I think there were some rumors the other day that it said it might be higher than what we expected, but it feels like that's the case every single year. So Seattle's $5.2 million over the cap right now. So in the red, that's bad. Um Seattle's got to make some moves. They got to clear up some space. The good news is they can do that fairly easily, but it might mean saying goodbye to some uh, fan favorite names and some not so fan favorite names. So we'll see. They got to make some moves. They can open up space, but I also wouldn't say they have like an abundance of cap flexibility this year. So, so. so we just spent like $18 million on offense and free agency. How do they get from $5 million in the red to Zeitler, Trent Brown, and uh, Evan Brown? Yeah, so I think there's players you have to talk about uh, with the names being Jamal Adams, Tyler Lockett, Quandre Diggs, and uh, Will Disley as potential uh, contract adjustments. And uh, it actually opens up space pretty quickly. Um, Do you have a, a rough number on what that would open? Yeah, so let's just say we uh, did a post-June first cut on Jamal Adams to give us as much leeway as possible. That, so that splits his dead Can money. I pause you on that one before you go into it? Because yeah. Joel Corey was on uh, Bump and Stacy this week and actually talked specifically with Jamal, and I wanted to know if you, you, this would make sense to you. He said he thought they could actually save more room on the cap with Jamal by having his agent approach the team and say, hey, instead of a cut, um, let's lower – lower our deal for this year to something close to Julian Love's 6 million. And then we'll have incentives based on play time. So something that basically would be more than he would get as a free agent, mm-hmm. but um, low enough that when with incentives, that would be a lower cap hit than if they just cut him. Does that make sense to you? It does make sense because the incentives would not count against the cap up front because the way incentives and escalators work in the NFL is uh, if the player hit those incentives or escalators the year before it hits the cap up front that year. And in Jamal's case, he sucks absolute ass. So he did not hit any good incentives or escalate escalators last year. And uh, if he produced, you know, produced really well next year, then he would re- they, the team would retroactively receive um, like a negative cap credit that they would have to apply to the salary cap. But like his 2020, so it does make sense in my brain, but like, is he a guy you want on this team next year? Like, I don't know. I, to me, it's a bigger personality question. And can, you just, can you do that too? Like, can you just go in and be like, here, oh, sign yeah. this for less money? If they both renegotiate, absolutely. 
So you yeah. can do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. If they both, I mean, keep in mind his base salary for 2024 base salary, not signing bonus divided by whatever 17 games it is. It's $16.5 million. It's a lot of money. Hmm. A lot of money. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, assuming just a post June cut. Yeah. So let's just, so a post June first cut opens up $17 million on Jamal Adams. It's a lot of money. So and you got Brian Monet, who's five million. That Brian Monet is five million. You got Disley, the Eskridge. So let's just say, yeah, I'm gonna do a pre-June first cut on Tyler Lockett. What do we want to do on Quandre Diggs? Do we want to extend him? Let me just cut him. Sure. Yeah, we're gonna cut him. Okay. So we cut <laughs> Quandre Diggs. We cut Tyler Lockett, and we do a post-June first cut on Jamal Adams. All of a sudden, Seattle has thirty million dollars on cap space. Thirty million. I, I think we're being hopeful about digs, right? Digs. Yeah. I don't think they're cutting him either. You could extend him. I have no idea. I have no idea. You could extend him and drop his number pretty significantly. We didn't get to it tonight, and we'll get to it another time. But like Geno Stone, and I'm not saying they go and sign him for sure, but his projected free agency contract is so much more appealing than what. Okay, so let's just say let's take an even cleaner approach. Post June first cut on Jamal Adams, cut Tyre Lockett, cut Brian Monet, just those three moves. Seattle has twenty five million dollars in cap space. But so like I mean, we're talking about spending fourteen to seven million seventeen million dollars on a guard potentially, right? Saying, Hey, go get your guy. That's APY. So the year one hit is gonna be like That's five true. Million. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. So okay, remember okay, year okay. one is much, much lower. Yeah, and they'll be able to do the same magic with Brooks or whoever. They and then next year's cap, if you get rid of Lockett and Draymond yeah. Jones and all of it, it's very clean next year. Gotcha. And you have to also imagine, even if you're a huge Geno proponent, uh, Geno Smith, that is, like he's not more than three years as your starter. Like, I think that's highly unlikely. So you're talking about that coming off at some point, and you know, hopefully having a rookie, a rookie contract. So. There's there's a few things that could change with the Seahawks contract if you want to push money into the future. Yeah, in the next two years, they should be able to get rid of Jamal. Quandre's a free agent next year. I don't think they'll bring him back. So Jamal, him, Draymond Jones, Lockett. Other than DK, and DK's in the last year of his deal next year. So they got, they're going to have a ton of cap flexibility to build this thing out. But this year might be a step. It's a slower step because of all the bad deals they've had at the top of their cap. I All forgot right, I, that that DK extension was only three years. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. We got to get to patron questions. Uh, Nathan hit us. This is a patron question. Oh, but right. Yeah, right. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So. Uh, Jeff, Mark Zuck wants to know what would piss you off more: Leonard Williams going somewhere else and doing well, or Jamal Adams going somewhere else and doing well? I think Leonard Williams, <laughs> I think Jamal is just like a sunk cost in my brain at this point. Like, I just want to move on. I don't care if he does well somewhere else. It'll just, the whole thing sucks no matter what. And him going on will just, I just, if he had like a great personality, I'd maybe feel a little differently. But the Leonard Williams thing to like give up a second rounder, not sign him, and then watch him play well somewhere else, that would just eat at me. Could you imagine giving up a second rounder for a defensive lineman and then watching them go somewhere else and play well? Uh, that would that would be a totally new experience for a Seahawks fan. Yeah, they've never done that before. Especially uh, like Leonard Williams is like the perfect fit in like the McDonald like scheme and like 
It would okay, just be but, so stupid. But you know that if Adams goes somewhere else, you're gonna have to see the Instagram stories. Leonard Williams isn't doing that. Leonard Williams is not no. taking the crap on the Seahawks <laughs> Instagram stories. It's true, but like I'd I'd rather that happen than him be here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a hard question. Yeah. Uh, Brian. Brendan wants to know, who do you think is the most likely Ravens free agent to come play in Seattle to follow his coach? Ooh. Well, we talked about Mr. Zeitler. I think the candidates are Zeitler, Geno Stone. Uh, is it Matabuike? I, I don't know if I've got the, yeah. the pronunciation there. And then you've got Patrick Queen. Those are probably the most likely quartet to, to talk about i think zeitler might be the most likely i mean clowny is another guy you could put in that list oh bring him back um i just don't think that they're going to spend on the edge when i think they are going to bring in a like leonard williams um so i don't think they're going to do both so Honestly, when I looked through everything today, I came to the conclusion of Geno Stone being the most likely from a price standpoint and for value. But going through today, I'll, I'll go with Zeitler. Um, okay. Um, maybe we'll just roundtable this one from Michael Mathis. Uh, does this offseason so far increase your confidence in John Schneider, decrease it, or leave it the same? Uh, Evan? massively skyrocketed jeff way increased too brian um i think it yeah i think it improved uh, like i the proof will be in in the performance and the fitting of the players and the coaches and the product on the field but they picked a lot of people that I wanted to pick. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, so, yeah. Isn't that such a weird feeling, by the way? <laughs> yes. It's it's a little disconcerting. But I, I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. I haven't felt that way for a long time. There really hasn't been, like, a bad piece of news in a long time. Like, a lot of the, I'm not going to pretend like I know every single assistant coach that they've hired and stuff, but, like, my reaction has either been, like, okay, that's a person, uh, or, oh, cool, that that's that's interesting, or that's awesome. Like, uh, it's, it, yeah. It's the worst piece of, of news by a long shot has been how many of them and how often they've mentioned Drew Locke. Easily the worst piece of news. There is a Patreon uh, comment about that uh, from Jason A. Saying the social media admin is posting Drew Lock content. Can we get them on a future pod and grill them about what they know that we don't? <laughs> huh. Maybe I'll get them on my other pod talking about their career and I'll slip in a Seahawks question. Just ah, it's worth it. Of career questions. Do you want to plug your other pod, Brian? Um, uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, check out the work dad pod. We have one episode up great episode with Veronica Belmont was once the most followed woman on Twitter and, uh, became a product manager, um, and walked away after being a host on the red carpet for a game of Thrones premiere. She gave it all up. So cool story. Uh, awesome, uh, female leader and, uh, yeah. 
go check it out. Work dad pod. Uh, so what else? We got one more question. Then we'll do a mock and call it a night. Um, Jeff, Nathan Modison wants to know, what do you feel will be the one move that will shock everyone? Either a surprise cut or trade or free agent signing draft pick. Maybe do you think, is there any big splashy surprising move that you think could be lurking out there for the Seahawks? Not necessarily absolutely going to happen, but maybe in the realm of possibility. I think the one, I don't know if it'd be a surprise based on the tea leaves, but I think the Geno Smith trade, mm-hmm. you have to wonder about that. Just the way they've talked about it and the way that that Schefter story was clearly planted. Um, it was more of a come and get me thing. They've not <laughs> come in to had strong support of Geno. It's been really lukewarm. I think they're going to make some move in the off season. I don't know if it'll be a cut or I don't know if they'll trade someone, but I think they're going to do something that's, surprises some people that's what typically happens with new coaching staffs and older established regimes but i think it's hard not to think of that geno smith tweet from Schefter and think that a trade is a distinct possibility even though i probably don't agree with it can i ask a follow-up question on this i know you guys are trying to get to the mock go ahead I asked, I asked C mike spin spin move this this question on twitter because he's a big geno stan uh, so the I wanted to ask Gino Stan. the Geno Stan. He was ahead of the curve, man. He was 100%. He's a very smart guy. Um, so what is the minimum draft compensation you would be personally comfortable with in exchange for trading him? Don't argue against the trade. Don't ask why. Just assume it's happening. What is the minimum draft compensation you would personally feel comfortable with in return for Geno? Don't try to figure out the team, just just the draft compensation. I saw and, his answer to your question, by the way, which was hilarious. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he wanted like a first and a like a first and a second or two first if the one of the first isn't top ten or something like that. Yes. I didn't I, I didn't totally uh, I don't think that's insane, guys. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, that is. Yeah. It is. It's, it's absolutely insane. insane. It's well, absolutely actually, he's thirty four. I am a huge you go ahead, Jeff. Oh, I'm gonna say like he's 34 years old. He's had like one and a half, or even one full good year of play. Like we just saw him hit the the open market, and the most he get is this Seahawks contract that we weren't sure he was actually gonna get, make to his second make it to his second year. I just don't. I I I understand why Griff feels that way. I understand, and I I mostly agree with him about how good he thinks Gino is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that value is there. I don't think it's close. I think they could get more than a fourth round pick. I'm I'm fully serious. That's now see that's insane. Well, so that, that's a different that's a different. I don't question, think they could. I, I don't think there's a market. No, that's a fa- so that's a fair assessment. Would I take a fourth round pick? Fuck no. But yeah. What are, I don't know if that's out there. So wait, I want I want the answer on. The I would take though. a second round pick for Gino. Yeah, I think that's second. my answer. I would take a second round. Pick. I was gonna say top, I, but it needs to be like top forty. It needs to be a top. 40, yeah, 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 yeah. Forty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not no, taking sixty-one yeah. or something. Yeah. For Gino. Agreed. 100%. I think that would be a generally. I think that'd be a pretty stupid deal to make. Um, but and I also don't think that anyone's probably gonna do that. Yeah. That's where I can't. Yeah, I can't square my head with that because. 
I don't see who's doing that deal. Because not only like not only everything that you said, Jeff, but like, but who is the team? What's the fi- like? I know you're saying Evan, don't think about the team, but like, yeah. if we were actually to think about it, like, what can you get? Who is the team that's going to be trading a second round pick for Gino? The Atlanta Steelers. Yeah, like Steelers. Steelers ten years younger. I mean, I, I mean, I'll be totally honest. Minimum. I think it, let's just take Justin Fields and Gino. There is absolutely more of a market for Justin Fields. And I think that Gino is a significantly better quarterback than Justin Fields and will always be a better quarterback than Justin Fields. 100%. So I think that that is a situation where the NFL is totally friggin' wrong and that they will make because it, they can pass it off as a young up and coming dynamic athletic guy that we're going to like make him into something, but it's a dumb move. He will never be as good. Like Gino is, is very good. And I do believe that. And NFL just doesn't value him that way. So I think the Seahawks should just be happy with having a undervalued quarterback on their roster who is at worst top 15 in the NFL. I think realistically top 12 and at times there were there were times last year they even PFF talked about it where he, not this past season the season before he was a top five quarterback by almost any metric. If you can have a guy that peaks at top five, you're paying him at, at his twelfth best quarterback. Stop trying to get rid of him. Stop talking about fucking Drew Locke. Draft a young guy, and and play Geno. Like uh, there's a way way worse issues than having geno smith as your starting quarterback i don't understand i mean i know that we've been over this a lot but the, like if you don't like geno okay i can get that i don't agree with you but i get that you you think geno's not the guy he's not going to be the one to take you to the promised land i don't really think i agree but sure i get that but those same people then turn around and more often than not are like and that's why you have to start drew lock and it's like what are we what are you what is happening? Why is that the guy? Why do people, why have people like pinned their hopes and dreams on Drew Locke? So I will give my best guess at an answer there, at least what I've surmised from this. There are people that actually think Drew Locke is as good. So I'm going to set those people aside as just like people that I don't really agree with at all. But there is some logic to the notion of. Drew Locke will cost a fraction of what Gino will. And so they are not actually Drew Locke stands. They are draft a QB stands who want to have the contract, the cap benefit of getting Gino off the books. And then Drew Locke is good enough that if the rookie quarterback can't play, that they'll be able, like, that's, I think the logic that people put forward that I, that is an, that is a fair alternative roster approach. It's not the one I prefer as a fan or as, you know, an analyst, I guess you could call us, but I can kind of get behind that. I understand. I understand that. So you guys are all a high second is minimum what you would need. Yeah. All right. Did we have one more question or we get into the mock? No, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, that were Patreon. That was Patreon questions, patreon.com slash Hawk bloggers sign up. You get instant access to Slack, and you can ask us questions as well. Folks, let's do a mock. Now that we've done the offensive side of free agency, and we're going to do a different mock draft simulator because, frankly, PFF's mock draft simulator has been a little stupid lately. And I think that the trades are stupid, and I think that the rankings are a little bit stupid. 
So here we go. We're going to take a look here. And uh, this is the NFL mock draft database.com. We're already set up to get going. Um, we are going to start the draft uh, right here. And we are assuming we're not going to move up. Whoa, um, a Dunze. Is it a Dunze? A Dunes? A Dunze, yes. A Dunze. Well, uh, he went third? I'll show you. Yes, they he was had first receiver oh. off the board. Marvin Harrison seven. Caleb Williams eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jaden okay, Daniels now this is incredible. Uh, so it's mostly yeah. okay after that. I guess that? it's fine after that. Like the players, Who's Wiggins? Eh, Cooper, Dijon. I don't know. Nate Wiggins. G Mitchell. Oh, it's Q Mitchell. Yeah, okay. Quinion. No, he's, he's actually a guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of cards. If if we don't like this, we can always you know do other stuff. We have some trade offers here, so let's see what offers are on the table. Um, we're not going to take a second round pick and a first round pick next year. Um, we're going to stay focused. Everyone's trying to trade next year's picks, um, so we're gonna the, we're not going to take wow, any of these wow. offers. What that, that Bucks next year first. We're not going to take a next year pick, not for the mock draft. It might make sense in real life, but we're going to stay focused on this year. Um, these are some of the guys that are available. Um, do you guys like Fuaga is interesting. We just talked about guard tackle. Um, we haven't yet talked on the defensive side. Do you, what do you do here? You looking to trade back? Are you you jumping at the the chance to draft one of these guys? Johnny Newton, by the way, uh, is how he prefers his to be called. I think you got to trade back. I think you got to try to trade back. Yeah. Fuaga is not enough to. Fuaga for me is really tempting. I think he is. He's a surefire. Can he can he play guard? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, this the thing is, is you don't have a second round pick. And so if you want to get a quarterback, a linebacker, and a defensive tackle, you're, you're not gonna be able to do it without trading back here, most likely. Yeah, I mean, I really like this draft from like 25 to 40 ish, something like that. Mm hmm. And so Fuaga is a guy that's t pretty tempting to, to stay for. But if you can get, you know, if you can get trade back and get like 27 and I don't know that you can get something in the high second round, though, might have to give up the third or something. But that that is pretty interesting to me. All right. Let's take a look at trades just uh, for a second. Um, if we traded the one that I'm starting to get a little curious about is Philadelphia. Um, they're at 22 and I can see that like, they're always looking for linemen so they could be jumping up to get, you know, the, the center to replace Kelsey, uh, you know, whatever. So if you could go like, oops, for whatever reason, doesn't let me dislike that. Gosh, darn it. Um, if you could let's try this again, Oh, such a bad, UI. Okay. If you go that, 
and maybe include like fifth or well, let's do a fourth. Hmm. A third. Would you guys do that? Would you trade up from the third go to go back to get a second round pick to move back six spots? Yeah, I'd probably do that. That's kind of up. the thing I'm feeling, right? Like give up one up. of the thirds. Give up 17 spots. Well, you move back six to move up almost 30. Right. right. Yeah. You have to do that. Then you can I mean, even move probably, let's let's yeah. try to reset this for a second. I think you could probably get the 50, 50th. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd do that. So even with Fuaga, you'd do this, right? Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Let's see how it goes. All right. So we've now had that trade come through. We're oh, back. On, still there. Is he still the there? Fuaga's still there. So this is insane. Yeah, this seems a little bit crazy, but uh, Fatanu went ahead of him. So we're taking him. What's that? (laughs) I mean, you still got Johnny Newton. Who do you guys take? JJ McCarthy. I consider moving down again. Fuaga, Murphy, and uh, there's three guys really you have to end up with. Newton, Fuaga, or McCarthy. I mean, or Murphy. Nothing interesting here. <laughs> they just all keep trying to trade next year's picks. No, let's just draft some. Let's take let's take let's take Fuaga. Yeah. Um there's no chance that happens. I no chance. No chance. Um so maybe he like, uh has a picture of him with a bong and a gas mask that we yeah, never out. know. It's true. Michael Penix has not gone yet. Bo Nix has not gone. Oh, there's Penix. Penix gone. Oh, so now you're at 50. Oh, wow. Oh, I take this. You definitely okay. take that, right? Yeah, let's do that deal. Yeah. Let's just see what other offers there are. Um, oh. That one's pretty spicy. I think that's their deal. Move back six spots to get yeah, 87th sure. pick. We're not trying with the Screw you. No. Um, yeah, I think I take the... You take the really? third round pick, the extra third round like pick. Steel, yeah. yeah. Or Dallas, yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's at least look. We can come back to it. Let's at least look at who's oh sweat's available. <laughs> I don't know if I'm moving out with sweat there. You're taking sweat at 50. I may like the, the Seahawks most likely would not. I think it's, like it's Taylor. He's 362 pounds. Like, yeah, he's a big boy. I can't believe he measures that. The he's crazy a big thing boy. is like, Jenkins just went. All these guys who are like in this spot, their value is going to completely change after the combine. I, I agree. All right, let's let's take the let's take the offer because I, I think take guys, the offer. I think that's a good deal. John's taking that offer for sure. I think. Sweat goes to Dallas. I mean, I'm not surprised. Um. That's where we were, yeah. right? A poke is gone too. So now um, I have not looked at the safeties. Cam Kitchens, have you guys looked at Cam Kitchens much? No, I haven't looked at safety at all. Hmm. All right. Edron Cooper is an interesting linebacker. Who's this tight end? I don't know. Everybody got the just bombs. Uh, scouting report on that dude. Yeah, see, this is the thing that PFF has that they don't. So I can't get into to look at some of their 
their data. Um, honestly, none of these guys are particularly excited. Like Colson's a guy I would pick potentially here. I like um, Leonard Taylor a lot. Is BB still there? No, oh, we haven't. Uh, yeah, let's have a lot. Here, let's look at interior offensive linemen. So they have Zinter. BB's not there. He's gone. It looks BB's like BB's gone. Yeah. So Zinter, um, got to get to later. Who are you saying, uh, Nathan? Uh, Leonard Taylor. What position? Does the Miami play? defensive lineman. Tell us about him. What do you like about him? Uh, defensive tackle, but a little, but you know, lighter. He's like, I think right about 300 pounds, but he's active athletic. Um, he's just one of those fun defensive tackles that kind of gets after it. And I like Fisk as well. Um, on the defensive line side. Um, I don't know as much about hall. I'll have to look into him. All right, guys. Um, what and then that, uh, I mean, there's a couple of interesting things here from like just positional need, right? Sanders tight end Cooper, I think is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, most people don't there's, like this linebacker. There's a, there's, line, there's a bunch of linebackers though. Cooper, Wilson, Colson's still there. I think we can wait on that for 78. Yeah. I would probably do Leonard Taylor, not knowing a lot about the other defensive linemen here. Uh, All right. You can do like that, but... Jeff. Yeah, let's go with that. See where we end up. Oh, they like it. They like it, Nathan. Oh, boy. All right. Well, this, this has got to be linebacker, I think. Let's just see if my guy, Junior Colson, goes. Oh, he's not gone yet. <laughs> All right, draft him. Let's go. Jonathan Brooks. Jonathan Brooks. Although we have not. Oh, we, we did get our guard. Yeah. We're not taking a we got dominant back. guard. Yeah. Wait, but who? So is Edgerin Cooper? So Edgerin Cooper is more of a run and hit let's kind of guy. Up real quick, Edgerin Cooper. This is a great podcast, but I'm just going to do it because I want to know his his size. Six foot three. Two thirty. Uh, draft profile. So. Four five six two two twenty seven. Small. He's got a ninety grade from PFF. This isn't PFF. This is just a. No, but I'm looking at his PFF, and it says overall grade for twenty twenty three with ninety point eight. So, what do you guys should we grab Cooper? It's him or Colson. I like Colson. Me Colson because. Uh, him and McDonald are going to be, and, and Colson's a good coverage backer. I don't know enough about. Isn't Colson smaller? He is. Um, let's go Cooper. Let's go Cooper. Yeah. Oh, we can do Colson. No, it's fine. Do? We have Colson all a, the time. Another A. Well, we can get both of them. So we're not going to do any more trades. I'm I'm tired of the trades. Um, we're not. Ta- I can't believe Blake Corum's got this kind of rankings places. I think that guy is just like a backup back but whatever christian um was another guard Thank christian haynes is interesting you still could get junior i think puny was mentioned by jordan reed when that tweet to me the other day but that's another guard i actually don't even hate the idea of uh double dipping at linebacker i don't either right cedric is another linebacker that i like this is not the class to do it like all these guys are not especially mcmillan's interesting if you're thinking about really tyler When's our next pick? So we go 119. McMillan will probably be gone. I mean, assume that, like, do they cut 
Tyler is like even if they don't like Tyler is probably a year or two more right like second linebacker second guard or a receiver which are you guys doing the nerds are screaming about positional value here with a guard a linebacker and a receiver like (laughs) the receiver is probably the move what do you think, want Junior Colson. Yeah, I kind of want Junior Colson too. All right, let's Have do you it. Not really watched let's a lot of. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna watch and see what happens with Mister McMillan. Um, where is he? On the we're just gonna watch and see if he disappears before we come up here. We should move back up. So far, so good. All right, let's go. Turn on the card. We're turning it in for Mr. Uh, McMillan, yeah? Is there a quarterback that we should be thinking about? Or, yeah, about good question. That's a good question. So I've been looking at tra- – like once you get out of the second round, my guy has been Jordan Travis. Like fifth, sixth round, he becomes interesting. Yeah. Joe Milton, maybe if you're – like I'm not a huge Joe Milton guy. But I think this is a turn in the card for McMillan, right? Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Unless like Kate Stover. Yes, that's the other option. Like, you don't have your tight end. It depends on what. I mean, yeah. Is Jack Westover? <laughs> that's crazy to think they might go for him in the late round. All right, let's take let's take McMillan. But you'd have to love this draft. Yeah, this would. I mean, you're not getting your quarterback, though, is really something to be. You're signing up for Drew Locke, most likely. Gino. Gino. Right, we didn't well, Gino and Drew Lock. Yeah. Um, so we've got. Uh, we don't need linebackers. We've taken one, and we've taken. We could probably go for another guard. We have not taken a tight end, so maybe top tight ends. Any tight ends you guys love? Well, can we look at just tight ends, maybe? Yes. Is there? There's an Iowa tight end. Did I see that? No. <laughs> AJ, AJ Barner is a blocking tight end. You can get him later. Seems like a year. I don't know about Jaheim Bell. Let's take a what, what round are we in? We are in the fifth, I think. Who's yeah. the uh I know this is way too early. Is it Westover, the UW tight end? Yeah, I know that's he's on I my like list that. too. Uh Bell draft profile. We are officially in the uh the stage where uh, we're like fifth round. It's really early in mock draft season. So it's just like, who's that UW guy? Who's that Wazoo guy? Who's that Michigan guy? This interesting. Um, 6'3", 235. He's almost like a receiver. Um, Jaheim Bell? Yeah. Hmm. I think we need some more like meat. Like, I don't know if we could take a... Just all about the meat tonight. Yeah. We need trenches. Is Westover even on? Yeah, there, there's Jack Westover. 306. Yeah, they got him way. He's undrafted free agent. Who's Ben Sano? I've heard of him. You guys start looking people up. He's the candidate. <laughs> uh, all right. What do we want to do? We want to take tight end or we want to go a different position? I mm-hmm. So uh, is it Sano? Is that how you say it? Or is it Sanat? No idea, but he's Ben Snot is Snot. six foot four, 21 years old, quite handsome. He's got great <laughs> hair. Yeah, I think that's I think that's our pick. 
He is not. He did not play for Iowa. But he is from Iowa. What's so, his weight? What's his weight? Two fifty. I don't. Yeah, let's say that two forty-five. All right, bigger guy. So we're taking Ben Sano. Yeah. All right. We got a lot of picks in this. I, I feel like this is too many picks. Um, so are we thinking like safety? You're thinking more like tackle. This is where I start thinking another like Jordan Travis. tackle. Jordan, Jordan Travis. Travis. Dylan Johnson. Yeah. I want to take a look at tackle real quick before we well, I guess Fuaga can play that as an alternative. I don't know. Yeah. How about Jordan Travis? Yeah. The flyer. Done. Hey, this might be the greatest mock draft we've done. I can't say because I don't know Leonard Taylor. I don't know <laughs> Leonard Taylor's good. <laughs> I don't know Ben Sano. Um Frank Gore Jr. <laughs> we're not thinking of their fucking why you gotta put Harbaugh and Frank Gore back to you. Uh this is where I think it might make sense to take AJ Barner. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Sold. Oh, we doubled up on tight ends. That's we fine. We did. That's good. We, we did. We, we 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 might need to. Um all right. And I think this is our last pick. Any kickers we can replace Jason Myers with? That's a good question. Joshua Cardi, Stanford. Oh, another tight end from Iowa. Needs Miles. Any of these guys grabbing anyone? Sam Hartman with the hair. Rolling too fast. Am I scrolling? Cameron Little, your first overall pick today. (laughs) <laughs> that was fun um all right i don't think it matters let's take a what? kicker just to just take a kicker yeah Joshua Cardi right kicker? Here. done yep jason myers your days are numbered <laughs> okay that's why i haven't left he knew we were gonna draft my yeah. replacement well this is gripping so how do we feel about do we have total grade here Looks like an A, all in all. How do you guys feel about this? If this was your draft, I can lose my mind. We got Fuaga at twenty-two. Yeah, that's yeah. not gonna happen. No, would be cool. Ben Baldwin would be so annoying with this draft. Taking a guard, a couple linebackers, and your first pick. <laughs> no offense. He would hate it. I mean, getting Jalen McMillan in the what was it the fourth? It feels good. I mean, you're like, okay, so you get a difference maker at a position of need with Fuaga. That's awesome. I think Leonard Taylor had the chance to be a really good player, uh, can fit well into McDonald's system. Um, Cooper and Colson give you guys to fill around Brooks if you bring him back or replacement options. I mean, you probably don't want two rookies starting uh, linebacker, but they're guys that, you know, Hopefully you can fill in and use right away and McMillan's backup for what happens with Tyler Lockett down the road. Like it's just a lot of, it makes a lot of sense positionally at the very least. And you're getting guys that are, you know, like Cooper and Colson are two of the better linebackers in the class. Fuaga might be one of the best off you know, interior offensive linemen in the class. Right, something's bothering you. What are you holding? I think, I think the Fuaga thing is a distraction. Forget the name. I think that the 22nd spot 
is an ideal trade down target in the Philadelphia, especially because they've got two second round picks. If you can package one of your thirds with your 16th pick and move back, you're going to get someone at 22 that you're going to be excited about, whether it's a defensive tackle, offensive guard, like there's going to be someone good there, regardless of whether it's Fuaga or not. Yeah, because if that's Troy Fautanu or right, you know, exactly. Howard Johnson or yeah. Byron Murphy, you exactly. feel, feel pretty good. Johnny Newton, whatever, right? Yeah. And then and then we also made the trade with that second round pick. I think that was probably a pretty unrealistic trade, but um that kind of made this whole thing where we had now we went from having one two three picks in the top 120 to having five um with those two those two deals i like that because i think mcdonald i mean mcdonald has, is a linebacker guy and linebackers arguably the weakest position on this roster right now noting jordan brooks is a free agent bobby wagner is a free agent cupboards bare so I don't think it's wrong at all for them to potentially double up there. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, getting a receiver in the fourth or fifth or whatever that has a potential to have some upside would be really cool. I don't know that I really believe McMillan will last that long, but that would be cool. Um, all right. I've kept you guys long enough. Uh, this has been eye-opening i want us to next time talk through defensive free agents so we can then enter the next mock draft thinking about who which positions do we want to like interesting thing we just talked about is sign kevin zeitler and if you drafted a guy like fuaga or fautano or something like that all of a sudden you've got a hedge against a blucas you've got a hedge against anthony bradford you've got your left guard like that offensive line all of a sudden becomes potentially a strength, new coaching. Like that is, feels like a huge part of this off season. Sign a good guard, draft somebody like don't fuck that up. Yeah. It, it felt like a huge miss last year that that offensive line, we thought the day two of the draft was a huge and they ended up with just Bradford and Olu who are both uncertain starters, maybe depth players, but Last year, we were hoping that second round was the whole. They didn't do it. This year, I think, really sets up for it. Where, especially with the Lucas's thing, you got to get one of the tackle guard guys. That can, like, Fautano is such a good fit because of that. The hedges, Lucas, and if both of them can play, then that's a massive surplus value for the team. Yep. Yep. And they, they missed the opportunity last year to get bona fide starters. They got backups. And maybe Olu becomes a starter. Maybe Bradford does, but they're backups at this point. Um, they gotta, they gotta get this right. This has been way too long. Dating back three coordinators for this fucking interior line has sucked. I can't watch this shit anymore. They gotta get this right. <laughs> On that note, uh, I want to thank Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11, Evan Hill at Evan Hill HB, and Jeff Simmons at Real Jeff Simmons. I'm Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Blogger. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to sign up over at patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe to the channel. We will see you all very soon. Take care. Hey folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. 
go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention, become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the Tape Morning After articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.